Welcome to Button Chops, the podcast where two miserable millennials from Northern England ask, what's the crack with video games? My name's Chris. My name's Matthew. Oh baby, can you feel that silky smooth new microphone energy? Oh, there's a new microphone this week. Gonna do some ASMR. It's like God's pouring caramel in my ears. Was that the intro you were on about before, Anne? No, no, I've written, <laughs> no, no, I've written, I've written an intro for the, for the I've, written, I've written an intro, I'm just going to start like making weird noises. That was just some comedy riffing. Did you not, yeah. did you not get that I was just, I was just freewheeling there, you know? I was, yeah, good. I was jazzing. <laughs> that was jazz. So what have you what have you written for the intro, mate? Okay, so uh, <laughs> we're, we're picking up uh, where we left off with last week's games that made us episode, where we discussed a big old hunk of games that shaped us as gamers. Last week we talked all the greats: Sonic the Hedgehog, Crash Bandicoot, Monster Hunter, The Wind Waker, Metroid Prime, and even more. That's where you're meant to go. Oh, oh. To be fair, now you've read that list like that, it's, it's a very like inconsistent list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah totally. Sounds like it's been written by about 20 <laughs> yeah. different people. <laughs> feels, like a, feels like a DC movie. They, um, they, well, I, I think I was thinking that when I was writing it out, but like, I guess like the takeaway from the episode, for me at least, was that like I, because I started playing games like with like old cartridgey consoles where it feels like you got more started a lot more on like sort of PlayStation era type things. Yeah. And I think, I think like that, that PlayStation one and even early Game Boy games, like I was thinking back when I was talking about Mario Odyssey the other week and I said that I'd never played a Mario game before and it wasn't true. I actually had Mario games on my Game Boy, but they were so, so like, a liar. They, were, they were just insignificant <laughs> to me. I just never really like, I just played like the first levels. We mentioned this like mm. in, in the last week's episode where like Rayman, you play like the first world and you never really adventure out of it. But like PlayStation 2 and maybe some early PS1 games is where I actually like spent a lot more time in them. And maybe like, just, yeah. you know. I think like those like earlier consoles, like like the Mega Drive and even to an extent like the first PlayStation, we were playing games on those at like an age where we were really crap at games. And so like yeah. we couldn't, we knew we liked games, but we couldn't like finish them. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like PS2 was kind of like the era, era where you're like, oh, actually, I can I can finish these games. And also, like, pre-sort of PS2 and to an extent through PlayStation era, games were still a bit arcade-y. Yeah, you know, yeah like, The whole, like, arcade ethos of, like, gaming was to, like, put a giant games machine in, like, a, a, an, a, like a pub or whatever yeah, yeah. and extract as much money from people as possible. Like, they were so difficult because you were supposed to try every time yeah and yeah pay, pay for each go that you had and even think like even like generation two so like when i think about that i think about playstation two um that, i think that was when i started to make more decisions about like exactly what i wanted to play and then yeah. like act on it um whereas like playstation one game boy was where like i found myself like just being given games for christmas 
And like, I wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't really be educated. It'd just be like my nana being like, I went into Argos and these two were on sale. Happy Christmas. <laughs> it's like that. But whereas like with PlayStation 2, I found myself being like, whoa, what's this? Like, which it, to me was more of a learning curve. I think when I think about games that made me, I think about how I learned things. Whereas I didn't really learn anything in PlayStation 1 and Game Boy. Well, that, that isn't true. But when I when I think back to it, my first thoughts were always to lean towards PlayStation Two games. So they're a lot more formative for me. I think it was like learning to walk. Yeah, <laughs> you don't you don't think about all of the complex processes that go into walking, but yeah. they do. <laughs> anyway, that the intro wasn't finished. Um, what, what did I say? So I've, I ended it. And even more. If you missed out, please go and listen to the episode because this is a new episode, <laughs> not an old one. Last week's is an old one. I'm not gonna not gonna talk about the same things as last week again, am I? Oh, uh, think about it. That wasn't scripted. No, you that just sort it. of uh, be modest. I was just riffing there. I was jazzing again. Before we get started, as ever, please go and leave a five star review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to our YouTube channel where we'll be posting full episodes and video clips. And follow us on our social media pages at, at @buttonchopspod, where we're putting out all sorts of super fun and informative gamey game content. We're content machines, mm-hmm. mate. There's all sorts going around around button chops at the minute. So much. Instagram so much reels, stuff. Instagram posts, tweets, yeah. podcasts, uh, more podcasts, sequel podcasts. That's that's all the things. <laughs> that's all of them. It's good. <laughs> and, and if you're not following us, then you're missing out. Um but yeah, do all those things that I said. Uh it helps us grow, and I'm sure you'll agree. That's uh, that's best for everyone involved, really. Yeah, it's nice um, to hear from everyone, really. You know, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying uh, I'm enjoying some of the engagement that we're starting to get. I know it's very early days; like we've only done a couple of months worth of podcasts, and we don't have a huge social media following as as of now. But like, I've been engaging with some pretty cool gaming gaming content creators online, and you know, it's, yeah. it's nice to sort of feel like you're a you're getting into a community of sorts. So Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We've got a few bits of um interactions from people who follow us and stuff later on as well, haven't we as well? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you know it. A couple of mentions. A couple of shout outs to our to our big brethren. <laughs> to the gang. We're gonna have to think of a name for the uh for our for our fans. You know how like things like Steve casts and <laughs> Steve Club. <laughs> <laughs> all the steves <laughs> that's, a, that's a fucking terrible thing <laughs> oh sorry mate well, i mean to be fair this week steve is a terrible name so <laughs> we'll have a think or if you've got any suggestions send them in or don't mm. whatever i don't even care <laughs> shut up uh <laughs> what you got for us so last week's episode we closed out um with you talking about your love for Shadow of the Colossus. Um, mm. Do you still love it? No, I hate it now. No random changes. After, listen, after, after listening back, I was like, oh, I hate this game now. <laughs> Actually, I've changed my mind. <laughs> this game's shit. <laughs> Call that an anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a, what a stunning U-turn. <laughs> well, uh, I... It was your turn last time, so now it's my turn. Uh, we're going to pick up pick up where we left off. 
Um, so my next big game that was like, as a kid, um, was Halo. Yeah. It's all right, isn't it? I never had an Xbox. Um, yeah, I, I can't believe you've never had an Xbox. Never even, yeah, never even possessed one. My little brother had one. So I used to sometimes like nick his. Uh, so have you, have you ever played a Halo game? Yeah. Most of my experience playing Halo games was remember those like little kiosks in like game and game station. Yeah. <laughs> used to go to town and play on them. I'd like the co-op levels and you'd be like, whoa, mm. look at this. Like you can drive and I'll go on the turret. That was my experience <sighs> with uh, Halo. It was sick, but like I have no idea what Halo is about other than like just a man in armor shooting stuff. But I actually I know now, I know now looking back, surfing the many countless hours of YouTube channels, every now and again getting pushed a bit of Halo that there is like really good lore, really fascinating, like sci fi story and stuff like that. I think that is one of the reasons Halo really stuck with me is the because the the I mean at the time the gameplay was it felt quite revolutionary. Um, mm. it was certainly like a, an entrance into first person shooters for me that I had never, I had never really been that bothered. My dad would play, uh, Medal of Honor games. My dad yeah. fucking loved Medal of Honor. <laughs> so like we had like first person shooters in the house, but like, I'm, I've never been one for sort of like, like world war, like realistic shooters. Mm. Like I like wacky sort of sci-fi stuff and like Halo just had, had the full package for me and mm. i mean that that first halo game is a classic in fact the the, the original trilogy of halo games i think are, are pretty flawless they take i think i i heard this on a skill ups youtube channel um i think this is a quote from a, a bungie developer so like bungie make destiny now but they developed halo originally and uh they were they were saying like games development is basically just trying to trick players into not realizing that they're doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> so like all games, like when you complain about a game being repetitive or whatever, like all games are repetitive, but it's about crafting like a 30 second gameplay loop that is really, uh, like really satisfying at, yeah. to do in a way that you won't notice that you're doing the same thing over and over again. And Halo is like that. Like Halo is on the face of it, like unbelievably repetitive. Like Mm. there's not a lot to it. It's just running around shooting aliens. There's like a handful of different types of aliens. And when you get good at the game, you realize there is like, there are certain methods for just steamrolling every enemy, but it's just like, it's just so well crafted and the world is so interesting. And the, the other thing is the music. The music is incredible for the like the the like the halo theme and the theme that kicks in at the beginning of the um the silent cartographer level which is like the famous halo level where all the drop ships go onto the beach on the island and yeah, yeah. storm the island storm the beach and it's got that da, 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 da. oh my god I get oh my a, god i need I a get, moment i need to cool down <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting emotional <laughs> i get that it's a good game but why do you think it's a game that made you well i i think i don't know like i i mean why do you think any of the games that made you are uh, like i just love it like i i was thinking this actually this kind of applies to a lot of the other games on my list like when you ask me why i love something I love them almost like so completely 
that I find it hard to articulate the actual reasons why. <laughs> like, I guess Halo, for me, redefined what I thought a game could be because it was so cinematic. Uh, like, mm. the story was so good. I remember, like, the voice acting being so good. Uh, and, I mean, I'm sure if I put it on now and tried to play it, I'd be like, oh, this is... I'm feel It's feeling in its age a bit. But at the time... I mean, I reckon it wouldn't. I reckon it'd be all right. I remember you, I used to really like the the driving mechanics. How it was simp- It was as simple as just like sort of aiming and then sort of pushing forward, mm-hmm. which I always felt like it was really in sync with uh, yeah. the controls of the first person gameplay as well. So if you jumped into a car, it wasn't jarring. Yeah, I get I get the games like really really good. Actually, now I remember I used to play it with split screen with my little brother, and we used to play on that little. You know, there's like a sort of canyony sort of map where there's like three like buildings. Blood Gulch. Probably. It's yeah, like that a, was like Blood Gulch is like the original co-op map for yeah. Halo that like everybody used. No, MP, like PvP map on Halo and you would like play like, uh, I can't remember what the PvP mode in it. It's called Slayer. You'd yeah. do Slayer and you'd, you'd, uh, you, the map was bl- Blood Gulch was like two bases at the either end of a canyon yeah. and then in between there's tons of vehicles and stuff. Yeah, it, lo- it so literally cool, looked man. like the definition of like a multiplayer map. Like you can imagine any sort of game, um, like the traditional game modes like Capture the Flag or something being on there where it's like you can have half of the team like defending the base and then the other team needs to go into that other base and steal something and come back, like that kind of thing. It all works on that map. Um yeah, and I remember just I used to just destroy my brother because he's about a third of my age. So yeah, I think that was what I used to do. So like, I uh, I had a GameCube. I think at the time Halo and the Xbox launched. I don't know if Halo was the actual launch title for the Xbox, but I think it was. I mean, that was Xbox's selling point is that it had Halo. Mm. And uh, I remember going to my mate Jake's house, um, and he had an Xbox, and he was like having my life for having a Nintendo GameCube. Like, nobody I knew had a Nintendo GameCube. Like, because, like, I think a lot of people... This kind of maybe goes to something you were saying about Mario earlier. I think around, like, the late... Like, the through the 90s and the early 2000s, there was a definite focus on things being, like, cool and yeah. sleek. And, like, through the 90s, it was, like, everything was, like, fucking radical. Like, even if you look at, like, comic books and stuff, like, all, like superheroes became like giant sort of roided out bodybuilders with like yeah. big spiky suits and stuff like Batman's costume. So the nineties, it was like a big aesthetic thing that kind of swept through the nineties and two thousands. And so like the GameCube and Nintendo, I think was sort of viewed at the time as like sort of outmoded and a bit lame, like kiddie consoles, yeah. you know, like, and you had like the wind waker with its little cute cartoony little sort of vibes <laughs> and Mario and whatever. And, uh, and then the Xbox came out, which was just this huge, like, black slab monolith. <laughs> and I mean, a lot of people didn't take it seriously. They were like, Xbox, Microsoft, whatever, you know, because the PS2 was very much in a similar vein as well. It was, like, sleek and sort of just dark, and its whole aesthetic was, like, futuristic and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so everyone I knew had my life for having <clears throat> Nintendo GameCube. And then uh, I think I played Halo at Jake's house. And I, re- I remember literally going home and being like, I need to trade in my GameCube and get an Xbox so I can play <laughs> so I can play Halo. And then like that Christmas, I think I did it. Like I sold my GameCube 
and my parents got me an Xbox and like that was what me and my brother used to do is just sit and play co-op and well and PvP or I'd I remember it being quite I remember it being quite revolutionary at the time that you could do co-op in the campaign am I right I, like, I, fe- I felt like it was know. one of the first games that I saw where everyone seemed to be talking about it because it was it was cool that you could go around your mates and both yeah. play through the story together. It was certainly it was certainly a new thing for me. I mean, I know everybody listens to this show for well researched um, takes, <laughs> <laughs> knowledgeable uh, segments on games, but I don't really remember to be honest. Uh, I, I just, can't think. I can't think of like a proper co- co-op campaign on like PlayStation. No, I can't. I can't. I want to be wrong. I want people to prove us wrong. Prove us wrong. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Message us saying you were wrong. But I'm sure. I'm sure we are. But I just remember. Maybe uh, it's just our generation. Like uh, maybe it's the naivety of the age we were when Halo came out, or like the fact that we were just starting to develop enough brain cells to articulate things. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I just remember like everyone at school was talking about it. Like, oh, me and my mate played through levels on Halo last night. Mm. Like you can like play the stories together, like, and drive each other around and stuff. It was always like, I feel like people made a lot of noise at our age about Halo because of that, yeah. whether, whether it was the first one or not. Um, I'm not saying it was the first campaign, but it felt like the first one that you could really sync and enjoy a story together. You know? It had a lot of replayability in that. And I mean, I think the, the multiplayer in and of itself was a big selling point for a lot of people. It had a, it had quite a deep, um, a lot of deep options for multiplayer for a game of its time. Yeah. But, one of, uh, one it, of my mates mean, was saying that uh, he, he was so addicted to the multiplayer. I think it was maybe early uni um that he <laughs> he had relationship difficulties with his girlfriend because he was playing it so much that his fingers started to like crooked and like sort of disjoint themselves because oh, <laughs> he was god. like so addicted to it oh my god i've got a funny anecdote for later on about relationship problems caused by gaming <laughs> but i'll save that for the end that's why <laughs> that's why i'm don't single. let me forget because i will i forgot the last time i said i was going to save an anecdote for the end and then it's on my notes um but yeah, I mean, I hit the first Halo is not even my f- favorite Halo. It's just, it's just. I think it was a big game f- uh, for me in kind of realizing the potential for what games could be, um, yeah. and that like they actually are an art form and not just like a silly thing for kids. Yeah, you know, like I think I loved my GameCube, and to this day, like of all the consoles I've ever owned, I'm the most nostalgic for having owned a GameCube. Yeah. But the Xbox felt like when I got that, I was like, this is a grown-up console and it has grown-up games on it. And like games are for grown-ups. Like it's it's not just for kids, mm. you know, like games are art because it had this like sprawling epic um, story that had so much, like I think there is that is one thing that was so fascinating about it is that there was a law behind it all. Mm that predates the entirety of the first game. And I'm sure like a lot of that is just sort of retroactively made through like all the various novels and media and stuff there are about Halo. But it is such a rich universe that is like, like um, sort of spun off in so many different directions to the point where my favorite Halo game is, is Halo Reach, which is like, a, I think there was a 360 game. Mm. Um, and that is like a prequel to Halo, 
but there's like nods to what happened on the planet Reach, like through the first Halo. Mm. It's just, I don't know. It's almost, to me, it's almost like sort of like gaming's own Star Wars to some extent. Yeah, yeah. I, in its plotting, it's, I mean, it's completely different to Star Wars, but it just has that sort of like big operatic feel to it. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, I, the other day I was like perusing eBay for an Xbox 360. I was like, oh, I might pick up an old Xbox and just replay the Halo games. Because mm. they were always the only reason I bought an Xbox. You know, I've had an Xbox and an Xbox 360 and I bought both of them primarily to play Halo. Yeah. You know, they are console sellers and not so much anymore because Bungie, Bungie left to go and do Destiny and they handed it off to 343 Industries, who is like a studio set up to make Halo games. And the first one they made was Halo 4, which is quite good. But like, I, I enjoyed Halo 4, but apparently Halo 5 was terrible. That was kind of where I dropped off. I didn't play 5. And I mean, everybody is maybe quite fairly skeptical about halo infinite so <laughs> all i've seen about out. halo infinite is like the screenshots <laughs> oh. like the terrible textures and faces it makes me sad it makes me sad <laughs> how has it happened but yeah i i appreciate i appreciate halo to be honest and i was always very jealous that i couldn't play it i have a question about the xbox what was the xbox crystal the xbox crystal was it not just was that was that some sort of myth in my estate it was like it was a skinned it was a skinned Xbox, but apparently it was faster. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I remember there being like a transparent shelled Xbox. I think it was maybe just like a sort of aesthetic re-release. It might have been like a, you know, in like a kind of mid-generation, mm. they sort of respec console and slap a new price tag on it. The first time I remember there being like a truly like respect console because the xbox crystal if i am remembering correctly was literally just a transparent xbox maybe it had better like hardware in it but mm. it didn't look different not in the same way not in the same way like the playstation 2 got like slimmer versions and then and then the xbox 360 had that where it had like aesthetic redesigns mm. um what was the like, first pro was... console was that the ps4 and xbox one generation or was there a was there a ps3 pro no there wasn't was there it was just a playstation no, 3 slim they went yeah they did they went slimline the ps3 had a slimline and then it had an even slimmer version that was like because <laughs> that was the version i had i bought secondhand for 30 quid <laughs> and uh it was it was it was really ugly and it had a horrible disc drive the original one was ugly though how it can't be worse than that it's a big rounded I don't hate the design on that. It's definitely, uh, I mean, I think the mid-generation PS3, that's the one I've got at the minute. Yeah. Here. (laughs) (laughs) It's there. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one I've got. And uh, I I like the design on that. Um, But yeah, the original one was very controversial. But I mean, people slated the original Xbox for just being like a big, ugly, black chunk of plastic. It did look ridiculous. And the controller was absurd. It was so fat. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Fond memories. Fair enough. What's your uh, next game then? My my first proper addictive shooter, I think. And as a PlayStation person, like all I can really remember about shooters before this was like, medal of honors and stuff and yeah. i never really got into them that much um no, there was never really anything too like oh there's the dog <laughs> there was never really anything too addictive for me in 
on the PlayStation lineup. Like there, there was never a Halo, for example. Mm. But when Call of Duty Four came out, Modern Warfare, I was I was I was mind blown. I was so addicted to it, and it was yeah. my first proper online multiplayer game outside of MMORPGs, like on my laptop. Um, half of which I couldn't run properly. <laughs> um, so this to me was like proper mind blowing, and. I used to play it so much. I think we mentioned before that I played like 60 days or something like in a month. <laughs> in a year, sorry, I played for 60 yeah. days. So like two whole months out of 12 in one in the space of one year, I was actively playing Call of Duty 4. That's um, nuts. Me, and my <laughs> mates, me and my mates had a really good little clan and mm. so social. I got to 10th Prestige so quickly and we just stayed there and it's, it was intense. I was I, so good at it. I'm not bragging. I was, just, I was fucking amazing <laughs> at it. We we no scoping people. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Ding. What were what were the? There was so much like I feel like so much like gaming language came out of Call of Duty. Yeah, can you remember all of? Can you remember the early like YouTube compilations? <laughs> no, because I didn't watch anything like that. Like I didn't, I didn't get it. Like I, I never, you know, I played Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I think at uni where. Um, my flatmate Nick had it yeah. and him and my other flatmate Jack used to sit and play it and I'd just be in the room being like, I don't get the appeal of this at all. Yeah. Cause like, I like, I like shooters, but I like fucking silly shooters like Halo that were all like, you know, I like sci-fi type stuff and I was never really that big. And, and, and I felt like when I would pick it up, um, I couldn't, I couldn't. I didn't like the way it handled and stuff. Mm. I don't know. I, I've never gravitated towards Call of Duty. I've tried some of them since that one, and none none of them have ever stuck. I I, I agree with you now in hindsight. Now that I've got older and developed taste, that I definitely prefer like sci-fi shooters and, and shooters with like story and substance. Uh, at the time, like we like talking about like the realism of it and stuff me and my mates at school i think i was in year 11 we used to be so obsessed with it that we'd like research guns and sort of like tell each other facts about like the mp5 and what <laughs> which guns the army actually use and even to the oh point God. where we had we had work experience <laughs> i know it's fucking losers um, proper incel shit <laughs> yeah even to the point where for for like work experience week in year 11 um mm we had the option to like it was like do you want to like find your own like put your cv out in town and go work at like a game or fucking sports direct or whatever you wanted yeah. to do <laughs> or would you like to like do some of these like school predetermined ones and one of the school predetermined ones was to like go to like an army camp for like a week <laughs> we, went to the, we went to the army camp and we got like we were like ghillie suited up and stuff laying in fields I was like, fuck's sake. I thought that's what I wanted to do. I was like, I really like this. It's well good. I what, cringe, in the army? I cringe at the thought. I don't know. There was something about this. Not the army. I don't know. I don't know whether you're talking about like, playing Call of Duty now or whether you, you thought you the were The line's blurred, mate. The line's blurred yeah. for a whole year. I had no idea I think, what was real or not. <laughs> I think that happened to my brother, though. Like, my brother, I think he was super into fucking Call of Duty and shit. Yeah. And he was obsessed with guns and stuff when we were kids. Uh, he joined the cadets, but then my mom pulled him out because the guy, the guy running it seemed like a nonce. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, that's literally, I think, her words. He was like, oh, no, he's a, he's a bit sus. Right? <laughs> uh, so she stopped him from going. Um, and then he, he 
he, uh, I think he tried to join the army when he left school, but he failed a fitness test. So. Jesus. But like his entire life, like his young years, like he was obsessed with jet. But that's the, I mean, the whole thing with that six days in Fallujah thing. Uh, like, did you hear about that? No. We following that. So there's this game, um, called six days in Fallujah that was, it came out recently and it was like, uh, the subject of like tons of scrutiny and stuff because it was basically being developed by a company that made like military training simulations. Really? <laughs> yeah. And like it sparked up because I mean the whole like the storming of Fallujah was like a real event that happened in the Iraq war where like um, tons of like Iraqi civilians were murdered yeah. and also like loads of American servicemen were killed and you know and I mean in general the Iraq war is considered an illegitimate war it was a, a, a criminal operation so like it people making a game a company that makes like military training simulations making a game about a real life battle that happened within living memory like just was really controversial yeah but it was like stirring up loads of conversations about like how like call of duty and military games like that in general are basically like pro-military propaganda that like brainwashes kids and they're like joining the army and stuff. I was definitely part of it. I mean, I, I obviously got past it, but my some of my mates now are like, are like still devoted to guns in the sense that like they're so desperate to shoot something that they just start shooting like pheasants and stuff. It's oh it's God. horrible. I know, and I, I see photos of them sometimes with like many, I'm not going to specify a number, but many dead animals. And I'm like, Ugh. I was gonna say so, they're not they're not out like torturing cats and stuff, are they? No, not that kind of thing. <laughs> like psycho shit. Like sport. Not that that's yeah okay, yeah. but yeah. I mean, I still think it's psycho shit, but yeah, exactly. that's just me. No offense <laughs> um, to anybody listening who likes to shoot defenseless animals. <laughs> um, they all used to. Well, I I had like a mate who like well, I suppose I only really knew him in that period, but he was like he wanted to be like a sniper when he's older. <laughs> who wants to oh be a sniper? God. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I really, I really want to be a sniper. Been been watching too many Clint Eastwood films. Saying that, I used to tell my. Uh, I used to tell my nana, I remember tell one time asking my nana how to become a street racer because I liked Fast and Furious. <laughs> Good, glad, glad you guided me in the right going, direction. <laughs> going on the job job website, <laughs> Googling street racer. <laughs> I reckon that was like one of the options and remember that government thing for the uh, retrain campaign where people yeah. going in. <laughs> <laughs> we were going in and putting in like, oh, I'm really into like cars. You should try street racing. Not viable. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, well, uh, talking about, um, well, um, we're not, we're talking about street racing now, but <laughs> if we weren't talking about that and we're talking about the thing that we just talked about a second ago, then talking about <laughs> killing animals, that segues nicely into my next game, which is Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. We've talked about Metal Gear a few times on the last few episodes and I desperately want to go play them all again. I just want to make sure I've got enough time to only play yeah. them. And I kind of want to go I, back and I want to go back and play from Metal Gear Solid 1. I probably after I'm going to have to get like a PlayStation 2 or something I reckon. But cuz I used to I used to be obsessed. I used to like when as a teenager Metal Gear was like one of my favorite games and I'd play them and I'd make like my mum watch the cutscenes with me and I'd cry when I can't even remember what character it is in Metal Gear Solid 4. Got Someone got cancer and I was like, oh, I got cancer. Someone gets cancer in Metal Gear Solid 4. I can't remember who it is. 
dude, there's a girl, like a girl doctor. Or is it Metal Gear? Or is it Metal Gear Solid Two? There's a character who gets cancer and uh, Os, not Ocelot. Who's the the Who's the nerdy like Naomi? Maybe who's the nerdy Naomi? Get who's um Snake's mate, the nerdy one with the glasses. Otacon. His his girlfriend. Yeah, Naomi. She gets ill. Does she get? Does she not die of fox die? All right, maybe it's not cancer. Maybe at the time I thought it was cancer. Yeah. I played the game last year. I've totally forgotten the plot to, to it. You're um, telling me I haven't played it for 15 years? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it makes no difference to me. Like, I have, like, a brain, like a fucking <laughs> sieve. Like, I've played so many games. And, like, when we were getting replies to our Instagram poll, I was like, oh, like, what games have made made you, like, let us know and we'll, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. I was looking at a bunch of them that I'd, definitely played including like some fairly obscure ones and i was like i don't remember a single thing yeah. about that. there were some that i remember loving at the time and i i couldn't even tell you what happens apart from the sand in it for example hint for yeah. the, what's what's coming later on <laughs> a sand and a man with a sword <laughs> <laughs> what a breadcrumb people will be like Ooh, what's he talking like, about? It's already, Sand it's, it's, it's already talked about Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> what could he possibly be talking about? No, with like Metal Gear Solid 3, it, that is kind of a similar thing to Halo where it's so deeply ingrained in me. It's so... Like, I fully accept every that I love every single element of that game, even the ones that are considered, like, annoying or, like, the, the long cut scenes or whatever. Like, the things that people complain about with Metal Gear Solid as a series. It's so deeply ingrained in me as a as a person, <laughs> in my gaming tastes, that, like, I just struggle to articulate why I love it. Mm. You know, because to me, there's, like, there's not a single part mm. of any of the games that is not good. Mm. So, I mean, like, Metal Gear Solid 3, I guess, was similar to Halo in the sense that, like, it was... Right, so when did it come out? So it came out in 2004, so it was a couple of years after Halo, because I think Halo was like 2000, 2001. But it had such a, I think it had such an absurd story. And if you've like played it all the way through, I don't want to like spoil it for anyone who hasn't played it, but like this definitely, if you haven't played Metal Gear Solid 3, find a copy and play it. You can get it on PlayStation Now um, with the, the HD version. Um, and it's like, there's, it's out on Xbox and stuff as well. If you've got like an Xbox 360 or whatever, but like, it's got this just very simple story compared to Metal Gear Solid 2, which is like this really convoluted, like philosophical piece about freedom and how technology impacts our ability to truly be free and all mm. of that. Um, Metal Gear Solid 3 has got like a very sort of like, it's sort of like a, almost like a, a Hideo Kojima doing a Bond movie in the universe of Metal Gear Solid. And it has these like, absi- like absurd, like superhero villain, the super villain enemy boss characters and stuff in it. Yeah. The Everything bosses were is always like, so good in Metal Gear. That's one very Well, that, that is one reason Metal Gear Solid 3 in particular is such a good game because it just has like, in my opinion, maybe the best boss fight of any game ever. Yeah, um, really creative as well. Yeah, inc- like r- incredibly creative. And there's always multiple ways to beat each of the bosses. Some like really, really like insanely original, silly, outlandish ways to beat them. Yeah. Like 
there's a character called the end who yeah. is like a 100 year old sniper who um you could save your game and then just not play the game for like a week and if you came <laughs> back you would have died of old age <laughs> <laughs> so good and all of the bosses have like some weird quirk like that that you could just you can exploit uh a weakness in them like there was one boss with who used uh all of his stamina moving around and you would have to stop to eat all the time so I, you could throw poison food on the ground and once his stamina would run out he'd jump down and eat the poison food you left and then like that would like permanently sort of um yeah. like hobble him for the rest of the fight just tons of stuff like that but it, you get all the way through the story and then it's got one of the most like emotional and like sincere earnest endings to a video game i think i've ever played mm. like i specifically remember i think when i played it uh for the first time the playstation 2 was in my parents bedroom so i was sitting and i was like crying at the ending because i thought it was like so beautiful <laughs> which i mean like playing it again recently is like it is a lot more hammy than that but it's definitely a very it's a very like emotionally um effect and ending and like my mom was like just sort of like like doing the washing in the back really like, like <laughs> put, putting putting like a washing away in like a drawers like, like you're right son <laughs> <laughs> yeah mom <laughs> metal gear solid 3 is finished have you ever heard of it it's metal gear that's that i remember it being really sad but i cannot remember why at all i can't remember anything i might as well have not played it um, I won't say I would really, I was thinking about, um, so, cause the, the PlayStation three stores obviously been reinstated. Mm. Um, do you still have a PS three? Uh, no, no. Cause you can get Metal Gear Solid on there. Yeah. Like the original one from the PS three store. I think an original um, PS three is the one that I was looking at them the other day online because that's what's got backwards compatibility to PlayStation one. Is it? I you can get PS1 games from the PS3 store and you can't get them on the PS4. I think there's there's store. a I think it's the earliest version of the PS3 though that the one um that you can play PlayStation 1 games on cuz it was the last time I bought physical versions of Final Fantasy 7, 8 and 9. Mm. Um yeah, maybe. maybe. I think it was. Um, unless I'm getting confused with PlayStation 2. Yeah. Well, I I mean uh either way definitely worth picking up I, don't, um, I think i'm definitely gonna replay them i just need to clear some of my games that old I gaming like backlog to... is increasing by the fucking day yeah <laughs> yeah same <laughs> i've just i've just pre-ordered returnal bought monster hunter rise and pre-ordered resident <laughs> evil 8 i'm playing resident <laughs> evil 7 and monster hunter world <laughs> <laughs> i can days gone i was like I don't have I don't have time for this. Yeah, I think that's fine. You can you can just you can start a game for a bit and just be like, I'll oh, suck it. It's like I said, I recommended Alien Isolation again to you earlier, and I was just like, you just get it and play like for the first mm. six hours and go, yeah, that is fucking scary yeah. as fucking glad I played it. You don't need to finish it. No, I yeah. don't think anyone well, should finish it because apparently it's fucking shite by the end. I, I think uh well, I mean I'm loving Resident Evil 7, and then obviously I'll play eight when it comes, and then I'll probably have a hankering for some more survival horror, so I might I might get isolation there you've almost finished seven to be fair almost yeah yeah but i'm gonna do all the dlc and stuff because apparently the dlc is amazing for it mm. um it's got a lot of good dlc the only uh the only other thing with metal gear solid i guess that really i find 
I think makes it really stick out in my mind amongst Metal Gear Solid 3 in particular amongst all the other games I played when I was a kid is that I'd never played a game that essentially just sort of dropped you into the world and went, right, survive. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it introduced, like, it introduced a stamina bar. Um, it, it introduced the mechanics where you had to hunt your own food um, to survive and the different food that you hunted um, had different properties and could affect you in different ways. Like, you yeah. could poison yourself and lose all your stamina or, mm. you know, like, different foods provided different kinds of stamina. Um, and there was also the, the camouflage mechanic, which I, at the time I was like, Oh my God, like this is so realistic. Like, cause if you were in the jungle, you would have to do your own camouflage. <laughs> the sol- so the soldiers wouldn't be able to see it in retrospect. I mean, it's absurd cause it's all done from a menu. So it's like what snakes lying face down in some grass as a soldier walks past him, yeah. like mere feet away, and he's like changing his entire outfit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but lo- but at the time, I loved the in-depth. Uh, it, it made you so acutely aware of how visible you were at any given time. Yeah. So it added such an extra dimension to the stealth gameplay that the other Metal Gears didn't have. Mm. Like... Y- they're stealth games, but like, especially if you kind of go to Metal Gear Solid 1, like, you're kind of running around a room. You, the, the, co- the vision, the cone of vision that like the soldiers had was so narrow, like, and you could see it on your radar. So it was incredibly easy to not be spotted by them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then like in Metal Gear Solid 3, they gave the soldiers like a much more sort of comprehensive like field of view. And also, there's no radar. So you, you, have to sort of work out where the soldiers will be able to see you or not. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I really loved that. Yeah, I remember really enjoying the camo system at the time. Uh, I also really appreciated Metal Gear Solid 4's, like, switching to that camo system just being automatic. I thought that was such a good idea. How it was just like, whatever you were on, it just you just automatically yeah. camouflage into. Yeah, but you had to press up to it for, like, like a, a second or two yeah. to allow it time. So it wasn't like a total sort of like get out of jail free card. It's something that I I was really sad that they did away with in Metal Gear Solid Five, like the camo system. I really thought that that had become baked into the sort of fabric of what Metal Gear Solid was, and that was some of the Metal Gear Solid Three introduced. Was the camo in Metal Gear Solid Five? Was it just like for like? cosmetic purposes it didn't have any properties whatsoever there was some like no, wasn't there? it was like no. the dark one i think had like you were you had more stealth bonuses in night time yeah. but it's a bit shallow compared it, to the three and four. yeah it was very sort of like it was sort of like bullet pointed like you get less visibility in dark areas or whatever but then like once you reached a certain point in the game you would just sort of permanently switch to like the best type of like body armor and I never really felt like it was making a meaningful impact. It never like made you as good as the stealth gameplay Metal Gear Solid Five is, which it is really good. Just the sheer sort of scope of the things that you can do physically in that game. Um, but it, to me, it never quite matches like just the sort of strategic side that was in Metal Gear Solid Three. Mm. Metal Gear Solid Three is, I mean, like it. 
it's not an open world game or anything, but like it allows you so much more freedom in the way that you approach to play it. Mm. It's very punishing as well. Like I, when I played it last year, I remember I was getting spotted all the time. <laughs> like yeah. It's really hard. It's really hard to like actually get through the game like completely stealthily. Yeah, I used um, to play it so much. The one the one thing I remember about it is that I used to play it on the the hardest difficulty I possibly could and try and get all the way through without being seen. I used to do it with Metal Gear Solid 4 as well, and 2. I must have completed 2 like 5 to 10 times at least, but I can't remember anything about them. <laughs> it's like it's, it's like this black hole of games. And I haven't, played, remember... them, I haven't played any of them since 5, and I, before that I hadn't played any of them since I stopped playing 4 on PlayStation 3. So there have been a big gap, mm. you know, where I've played loads of other games, but... It's weird to not remember anything other than like just yeah, knowing that you played them loads. <laughs> I'd like to, uh, I'd like to stream them. Yeah, if you have a fancy watching me play Metal Gear Solid, I've got them all on my PS3, so I might, I might just wire it up and start streaming them. But the, um, do you not remember the bit at the end of Metal Gear Solid Two where the the AI starts to malfunction, starts sending you like really weird, creepy codec messages? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like, it, there's one where it like it, it rigs you, and it's like it, it codexes you, and it's like the Colonel telling you how he was like a silkworm in his previous life. <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing that right because I mean I was like oh, I don't know. I'm t- 10, 11, maybe when I played Metal Gear Solid 2, sitting in the dark in my bedroom. And there's that codec thing where the AI is malfunctioning and Rose codecs you and says, you've been playing the game for a long time now, don't you think? Yeah. And the colonel's colonel's getting like a skull over his face and stuff. It's terrifying. It scared the (laughs) shit out of me. And that, I guess, right, that is another thing why Metal Gear Solid is, for me, I love it so much, is because it it, uh, it encompasses so many different genres. Like, it does horror really well, mm. which is why it's really sad that Hideo Kojima never got to do uh, his Silent Hills. Yeah, it'd be amazing. He might still do it. That would, it would, that would be the shit. <laughs> it's, there's rumors there's rumors are stirring especially with his with his ideas about like when he was when he was doing pt i didn't realize at the time as well but pt was like a trailer wasn't it a reveal for the silent hills norman reader yeah. thing where at the end it reveals that norman yeah. reader's in it and it says silent hills yeah. um yeah people didn't know it was a silent hill game when they played it yeah i think i don't think it was any sort of indication as to where silent hill was going i think it did sort of operate style stylistically on its own per se it wasn't anything like silent hill or maybe that's where Hideo intended it to go but it's still weird because like we were talking about it where people were just realizing that to complete it or to to unlock certain scenes you've got to like do seven 720 spins and then talk to the controller and say all the characters names in certain orders to like progress yeah. <laughs> what the fuck it's, who's noticing so, shit like that <laughs> it's so kajim i love it <laughs> you got i'm gutted i never got to play gotta look at like telephones and like be like hey telephone like talk to telephone <laughs> into the mic class yeah class well uh yeah what's what's your next uh your next game my next one i i mean i've just put this as the series quite similar to how you just mentioned metal gear but final fantasy in general for me yeah. it probably epitomizes my entire life in video games it's a series mm. that disappointingly over the last 10 years has wandered and maybe lost itself a bit although it's still for me like has a lot of love i did enjoy final fantasy 15 uh although it was 
generally a bit shit and boring. Um, but like early early days, those PlayStation One games were just just groundbreaking for me. Like I remember, I think it's what Final Fantasy VII particularly is one of the first games that I ever played, which made me realize that, like you were saying, that gaming is more than just somewhat daft and quirky to play. Like I was you know, destroying reactors and part of like an environmentalist sort of terrorist group. Um, and it just, for me, it was just, it was just phenomenal at the time, even at such a young age, but <clears throat> we've mentioned Final Fantasy VII before. Um, and as much as the soundtrack and everything about that game, I think it's, I honestly think Final Fantasy VII is one of my favorite things ever. Just, just, it's something that I love more than anything. It's, I've watched all of the spin-offs. I've, I've played that game so many times and it still doesn't bore me. Like, And the remake was just a dream come true. But Final Fantasy VIII as well, Like, that was a game that I played on PlayStation 1. I think I, I, think I played it after Final Fantasy VII, I think. Um, but I used to play it around my mates. Um, and it had this really good card system, <laughs> which is probably like one of my early like side quest sort of memories in games when me and my mate used to play like this game called triple triad like in the open world like non-stop and every now and again we'd there'd be like you know like your summons and stuff like ifrit and things you'd get that card from like one instance where you could communicate with like a playable character or well not a playable character a party character um so you challenge them to a card battle you could challenge anyone by pressing square but some party characters you could only ever see in cutscene and communicate with one-off situations you had to try and challenge them like ahead of a boss battle or something <laughs> you'd all be like whoa yeah and then you'd have to be like do you fancy a game of cards and then you'd unlock like ifrit but if you if you took ifrit to like a card tournament or you tried to use ifrit on in someone who um like just in the random street if they beat you they'd take ifrit off you and then you'd be like for fuck's sake like you try and do it again you bring all your big guns he'd have ifrit he'd beat you and then they take more cards off you and it was this really addictive loop of like give me that card back now <laughs> you got so it was teaching you to gamble yeah <laughs> that's, that's what you're saying you you learn to gamble from final fantasy definitely <laughs> and it was so addictive to the point where like i used to just be like i'm not fucking playing it anymore i've lost this card like i'm raging mm. i'm never gonna get it back and especially because some of the card battles that you could do with certain people were like one-offs so if you lost the card there you had to get it back there and then or it was gone forever <laughs> i used to be furious it was such a good little I system I feel like I totally missed out on Final Fantasy. Like, it's something that I wish that I had played when I was younger, but just I feel like I'm never really going to fully get it now Yeah, it's, because I kind of missed out on that. Like, I was enjoying Final, the, the remake. I actually, I don't even think I told you, but I've played, I've probably played about six or seven hours of the original mm. now. I got it for the Switch. Oh, really? I was playing it. Yeah, yeah. I, um... Almost out of Midgar. I just did the bit with Don Corneo. Right. Where you confront him in the in his room. So you're pretty much just past where you were in the remake. Yeah, I got just past there. Yeah. But like as ever, I started playing other stuff and <laughs> I just haven't I haven't picked it up again. Um, Fair. It's I'm, I mean it's it's certainly it's an old game. Like and it you really feel it, but like you, all the time playing it, I was like, I totally appreciate you see it why this was so groundbreaking at the time yeah like imagine like you know at school and stuff 
play, people being obsessed with Pokemon and like that sort yeah. of turn-based thing and then being like, but look at this, this entire open yeah. world. I mean, you haven't even got to the open world bit yet, but no, 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 it's yeah. an entire open world with this epic story of all of these like moody, moody teenagers with massive swords. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just amazing. And I get it; it wasn't for everyone as a kid, but if you were into it at the time, like it's it's everything, and it almost it almost is the very epitome of everything I look for in games. Now I've played like Dragon Quest mm. and stuff and because I played Final Fantasy first. They're never they're never as good, but equally, you know, sort of good enough and you could see a lot of qualities in them but final fantasy for me was just the epitome and final fantasy 8 was really good but also like 10 i definitely recommend 10 like 10 is the last and probably the most sleek turn-based one and it's still relatively playable in terms of graphics and stuff the cutscenes and stuff would still hold up now easily um i think i only played it last year and i've been craving playing it again um the game's just amazing like it's how are you uh how are you feeling about 16 do you think that that looks good i don't know know. it doesn't look like enough it looks like they're lost again they're doing some sort of medieval thing which um they've done it looks like it's sort of referencing the world of like 12 which is ivalice um and also some of the the early games to like two to four um where it was a bit more medieval and like it was more politics, Final Fantasy Tactics as well was quite like that, where it was like warring kingdoms rather than like teenagers. You know what I mean? It was it was yeah. more army versus army. It looks like it's going down that route, which is pretty interesting. But I can't tell yet from the gameplay exactly what they're doing. It looks to me like it's Devil May Cry, which is what they've been steering towards. It looks like the combat is so quick that it looks like they've gone they've gone turn it into an action game. And the reluctance of them to show that they've got any sort of turn-based system, even though Final Fantasy XV was quite like that, but had sort of the elements of attack and magic and things. The reluctance of them to show anything like that suggests to me that maybe they're they're not ready to reveal that then they're leaving turn-based entirely now yeah. and are actually trying out a sort of Witcher game. Because um, so that's what it, it looks like, The Witcher to me. Um, it's a Final Fantasy story, but it looks like it's it looks like action. I haven't seen the trailer since um, since the PlayStation Five announcement thing. Mm. I think they showed it, didn't they? The second PS Five reveal event, uh, and I remember watching it and just being like, "This is this is definitely a thing." <laughs> <laughs> it's sad to me that there's a new Final Fantasy out that um, I, I forget was is even announced. You know what I mean? Yeah. Final Fantasy 15 took so long to come out. It used to be Versus 13, and then it got moved over to 15. It was just a mess. You went through so many development cycles, and like, I don't know. Just, I just, I don't know. I, I don't care that I don't care that it's lost because I'd still play all of the originals over and over again for the rest of my life. Like, and well, I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, sometimes franchises just run out of steam, but that doesn't diminish the fact that those like old classics are still there yeah definitely. you know just like how people complain about remakes ruining a franchise or whatever like or sequels ruining and kill the last jedi killed killed star wars it's like no it didn't like all the star wars films <laughs> still exist you just watch the ones you like and don't watch the ones you don't you know um mm-hmm. and i mean like yeah definitely you're getting a hell of a lot 
more bang for your buck with some like old Final Fantasy games, like fucking hundreds of hours worth of entertainment than you're getting out of like a two-hour yeah. film from 1977. But Final Fantasy Final Fantasy X is is really good. Now I actually want to go after this podcast. I think I'm going to go play it, <laughs> even though, even though I've start i'm halfway through disco elysium and whatever i'm like oh, i need to go play it now i've talked about it that game's just amazing it's so bright sunny story's amazing it's devastating it's upsetting it's about like an apocalypse and a huge physical force that's just destroying shit it's like a really it's a really tangible game that's just like this is sad like what can we do about it but it has some like pretty trippy elements but it's it's easy and it's it's got romance it's got politics it's just got it all it's to me it's the one of the perfect games seven and stuff i played originally i think that's a common yeah. thing when um, people who love final fantasy they're all they're, they they kind of argue they're very all-encompassing sort of works of art like the the, the stories yeah. the characters are so deep and rich like there's so much to sort of like just dig into with every yeah. final fantasy game seven eight and nine are a big argument amongst like purists because seven and eight were like the first final fantasy games to move into like broody sort of emo games um and they were really successful which i think probably at the time made like the older purists more like oh everyone likes final fantasy now um, but nine was a really good fearful game, which stuck to a lot of its roots. It was just a quirky medieval fantasy with mages with nice little pointy hats and stuff like that. Um, and that was a really good game as well. But yeah, the get the series has just produced so many amazing pieces and, um, yeah, it doesn't matter that it's lost. I'll go play the old ones. Yeah. You do that. Well, I mean, I had written down honorable mentions, but to be honest, like I'm enjoying this and I'd quite like to do some more of these, like not, not next week. Um, mm. but like maybe like down the line, we could like dig into some other old ones. Cause there's like a bunch of games that I played as a kid that like yeah. I haven't talked about. Um, like the Grand Theft Auto games and yeah, yeah. Manhunt. I did promise I would tell my Gears of War anecdote. <laughs> I didn't say it was any Gears of War, that, but it, I had, there was a game that ruined a relationship for me. So uh, when I was like 17, um, I was going out with this uh, this girl and I moved to uh, six, I moved to sixth form where she went to school. Like, mm. so like we, we were in the same year. So like she, she started sixth form, but it was at the school she was already going at. And I moved to that school to do sixth form there. Um, and she was friends with this guy who like is now like one of my like best friends, mm. with Nick, who, you know, um, and at the time, like we had a sort of like adversarial sort of rivalish sort of relationship. Like we hadn't really ever spoken, but like I knew that he was friends with, uh, with this girl and I was a bit like suspicious of him. Like, who's this guy? You know, like, <laughs> <when> you, <laughs> you're a teenager. Like you're a Is he talking to us? <laughs> I, I was, I was a dickhead when I was a teenager. So anyway, I was always a bit like suspicious of him, but we went to this uh we used to have boat parties and <laughs> we used to have boat parties on the river in durham yeah it's sixth form where the boat would once it was uh on the river and like the police couldn't stop the boat or anything they would serve alcohol to like to to 
all the underage people. <laughs> so like the minute you were on the river, like we were like 17, like just at the bar, like just necking as much alcohol as we could. <laughs> and uh, and I, over the course of like one boat party, me and Nick went from like sort of like not trusting each other and being a bit like, oh, to like being best friends. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I mean, like at the end of it, I was like, turned, uh, the girl I was with at the time, I don't want to say a name on the podcast. I don't know why it won't matter, but you know, just, just out of, just out of respect. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, so I was just like, oh, like Nick's my best mate now. And like <laughs> that night, that night as well, like we, we stayed at his house cause we were all so fucking drunk and like, um, she wanted to sleep in a bed, but I wanted to hang out with Nick. <laughs> so she stayed in Nick's bed upstairs and I stayed downstairs with Nick in the living room. <laughs> and from there we like discovered we both loved playing Gears of War. And progressively over time, I just started going around Nick's playing Gears of War so often. Like, out of school, like on like lunch breaks and started <laughs> seeing her less and less because I was at Nick's playing Gears of War all the time <laughs> that we eventually ended up breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> it like literally ruined our relationship. That's there was so like good. one day, there was one day, I, I remember this as well, um, where she was in the park in Chesley Street, like where, where we were from. It was like five minutes away from Nick's house. I was at Nick's playing Gears of War. And she was like, oh, like, do you want to, do you want to meet up? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like turned up <laughs> with Nick. <laughs> was there for like an hour and then was like, right, we're going to go back and play more Gears of War. <laughs> so anyway, that, that's a cautionary tale. Uh, you know, don't neglect your relationships for video games. Yeah, all the boys. All the boys, <laughs> you know, treat, treat people with respect and give them the time of day don't make the same mistakes i did because even though gears of war is a really good game it ruined a relationship so. <laughs> wasn't meant to be no, no look at no, you it definitely wasn't Upst upstairs hiding away from your girlfriend with all your games consoles <laughs> she's next Talking door to she'll probably she can probably hear me like <laughs> <laughs> laughing about how i like destroyed a relationship you're just, by playing you're, games you're just in a room pretending you regularly do this podcast but reality is we do it for like a couple of hours a week <laughs> then yeah, yeah the rest of it is just like, i'm doing podcast work and you're just sat in your room just like smashing gamecube <laughs> oh don't worry holly i'll be down soon just a bit of podcast work <laughs> chris chris do you want to come and spend some time with me no what <laughs> did, did did someone say something <laughs> did someone say something i'm buying gears of war <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so there was that, that there's my hilarious anecdote about um emotional neglect everybody probably thinks i'm horrible now but i thought it was funny it was <laughs> um, good to be fair so we did uh we threw up like a listener poll on instagram um for some of our lovely instagram followers to tell us about games that made them so i thought we could uh we could have a little run through some of the replies. And it's the games that made them section. Yeah. Actually, no, they're, they're part of us as well. Yeah, and we'll, we'll assess we'll assess each response on its own merit. And if we don't like it, then we'll block that person. <laughs> we'll, send, we'll send them a letter, a cease and desist letter, telling them <laughs> that they're not, they're not allowed to listen to our podcast. <laughs> so... Uh, 
let me just look at my notes. Um, Dale, I've just written Dale. I didn't think to write the at the full the full handle. Although maybe that's like I think a it's da- daily thing. Daily at daily. Summit. Okay, but that might be a data breach of some right, kind. Yeah. Maybe um, I don't know. I Miss, don't know. Let, Mr. Dale, <laughs> let's just keep this nice and vague. Dale, Dale said his big game growing up was Pokemon Blue. What did you think of Pokemon Blue? It's a basketball one for everyone, isn't it? I didn't have I didn't have Pokemon Blue. I had Pokemon Yellow, so I would have beat him because Lightning beats Water, my friend. Mm, see, I had Pokemon. I had Pokemon Red and Yellow. Mm. which uh we had another we had another response that was pokemon yellow um and i because pokemon yellow was the one where instead of getting a choice of any of pokemon you just got pikachu wasn't it yeah 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 i lost it i i had a lost i think i lost like so many copies of pokemon (laughs) i had like i had a copy of i had pokemon silver i specifically remember cycling to my friend's house and wearing like a shirt with like a front pocket on and for some reason thought oh it's a really good i think i maybe wanted to go around and i was like got it on like the day of release and i wanted to go around and show off that i had pokemon silver like the yeah. brand new pokemon game uh stuck it in my front pocket and by the time i got to his house it wasn't in my pocket anymore <laughs> <laughs> first day had, as well yeah i had pokemon silver for about like three hours and <laughs> <laughs> what was your uh what was your go-to starter on second generation on silver oh i don't even remember what the starting lineup was on so wait cinderquill i was it was to- totodile cinderquill and chikorita i think it was definitely i always used to go with the fire ones yeah so i think cinderquill yeah yeah evolved into that explosion or whatever you call it it's just like a dog on its back legs i was not really a dog it was more <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Fire coming out of its back. Quillava. Weird games. There's a remake of uh, Silver for the DS, the 3DS, I think. Yeah, I've been, I was looking at 3DSs literally just to play a Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Yeah, I, um, might, I might see if I can get a copy. I bet it's really hard to get a copy of it. Yeah. Um, the fucking 3DS games are so expensive. I was looking at Metroid Samus Returns. It's like 70 quid. <laughs> Getting a copy of Majora's Mask as well. It's like fucking nuts. Mm. But um, Mad. yeah, so... Uh, our good friend Liam replied with uh, Hogs of War. I remember this game, but it's such a niche. I don't know if he's trolling us here. It's such a niche, weird game. <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very Liam thing to do. I reckon he'd love it. I reckon he'd love it. Yeah, so, I mean, to, to give a flesh it out, put, put some meat on the bones there. Uh, it was a turn-based strategy war game where you played as pigs. <laughs> And all of the pigs like represented different nations. I think it was like during like World War II, World War One, and uh, and Rick Mail did voiceovers for it. So <laughs> very Liam. Thanks, thanks for sending that in, Liam. <laughs> you got you got your shout out, didn't you? Dear Lord, what a sad little life. Did you get that? Yeah. Did you get that? That was a come down with me reference. <laughs> I'm so good. I'm so good at podcasting. Um, Jay said, Prince of Persia. Do you ever play any of the pins of print the pins of the pins of Persia? <laughs> pins of Persia. I played them all, and this was the game I was mentioning earlier. The hint mm. was sand. Oh yes. Did you get all it? Backs. Let I us know. It. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> if you got it, we'll send you a prize. I said sand and sword. What did you say? The answer was Prince of Persia. Um, I had all of them, um, and I remember at the time being like, "Oh, I love Prince of Persia. These mm. are class," but. 
<laughs> I don't know if I ever replayed any of them. And we talk about Metal Gear Solid, it's gone out of memory. This has definitely gone out of my memory. I could not tell you anything about Prince of Persia other than it's a man with a curvy sword <laughs> who just jumps. <laughs> it certainly it certainly is that. Uh I had Sands of Time. Is that which one's that? God knows, mate. I, <laughs> I, well, I, I might so, so I work in the video game industry. So was, <laughs> right, I think from right, this is me just, you know, I'm jazzing again. I'm jazzing again, but I'm 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 just trying to access my the memory the memory banks of my brain. Prince of Persia, I think, was originally like a 2D game if I'm remembering correctly. And then the version I had was Prince of Persia Sands of Time on the Xbox. And that was a, that was a Ubisoft game. And I feel like that was like a franchise that they had sort of like pulled out of obscurity and made new again. Mm. That sounds about right, to be fair. Because some of this, they've done some recent spin-off games, which are like very 2D. So it must be a yeah. homage to original Prince of Persia. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was originally like a 2D game. It's like a, it's like a classic game that was then sort of revived as a franchise later on. And I remember the Prince of Persia: Sands of Time. Um, that was like a that was very popular at the time. Mm. It was all over like games magazines and stuff. Uh, it that was like it's the franchise is like big resurgence. Yeah, they used I to get really and, well reviewed. I remember. Yeah, and I remember liking it. I, I had it. I don't know if I ever finished it. Mm. I think I found it too hard, to be honest. To me, they were just like um, God of War games, but God of War was always better, right? Um, See, I never played octane. it. I never played a God of War that uh, like any of the original ones, mm. apart from like the recent reboot. So I don't have that reference point. But just like spectacle. But I remember Prince of Persia was a bit. It was difficult to combat. Like it was quite like sort of what Souls is like a little bit in the sense of like yeah. you know you had like def deflections and things, which I, I think in that generation were relatively obscure. Like it's very technical, where because we were all playing games where you just smash the hell out of buttons. I've always been a button masher. Um, <laughs> there's a remake, though. I'm pretty sure Ubisoft have done a remake. I was going to say... Sands of Time. I was going to say as well, there's another reboot as well before that where on PlayStation 3, um, which is just called Prince of Persia, and I actually really liked it. I played it a few times where you were like, mm. you played with a princess. It was very Zelda, actually, looking back at it. Um, not just because it was a princess, it was just f looking back at like the world and how everything was laid out, and there was like a force... Mm in it, around a temple and you couldn't get to the temple you had to go to different corners of the world and like unlock powers to get to the force and then beat yeah. the final boss it was very zelda um but the combat was really like pretty they had like this cooperative combat and sort of kind of like what the new god of war is like where you've got a treas that can like bounce off you and do different things but it was constantly like that you know every every button you press sort of like you would you would almost dancing with this princess um, and it was really, it was a really pretty game. Um, That's my dream, that dancing with a princess. <laughs> she's downstairs. <laughs> she is. <laughs> I think she's messaged me. I think she's. She heard just slagging her off. The princess is. The princess is next door. Being a shit. Being a good dude. Um, Lewis replied, and. 
with a bunch of games, it was like Tekken 3 was in there, but the one that stuck out to me was uh, Digimon World. Yeah, I haven't played Digimon World. Did you have Digimon World? Yeah, yeah. See, I've, I had it as well, and I thought, like, oh, like, I'm the only person <laughs> play, <laughs> ever had played Digimon. Digimon World. Yeah, like, I thought, like, I had the only copy in the UK. I thought it didn't even come out in the UK. Um, I had, like, a pirated copy. I definitely had a physical version, um, 100%. I, I my my attitude towards Digimon, um, it, the anime was exactly the same as the game, um, in the sense that as soon as they started turning into men, I wasn't interested anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? As soon as like some of the the Digimon started turning into actual people and angels and stuff, I was just like, I'm stuff. I was just like, I'm not having this. So turn into men? What? Yeah, some of them do. Some of them do. I've had this argument with a friend recently that yes, like. Agumon, no, even like, so Agumon turns into like Greymon and Metal Greymon and then War yeah. Greymon, but then he eventually does turn into like a man that stands up. <laughs> no, he does. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> he does. You're talking shit. He does. <laughs> he turns into a man. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. <laughs> he just turns into Steven Spielberg at the end. Is it turning into a man with like a briefcase? Yeah. All right, maybe. <laughs> like, like a like a like a Mad Men character. Like no, like Power like Power Rangers or something like that. I don't know. There was honest, honest to God. I've literally I showed my mate this the other week. There's a hundred percent final evolution of di- the Digimon's. A lot of them, not all of them, a lot of them turned into men. Not men with skin, just like stand up on two two legs with arms, with like backpacks and fucking yeah. nuclear bombs coming out you of their just heads. Describe, like well, you were describing men up until the point that <laughs> it was like, yeah, you're describing a man with nuclear bombs coming out of their heads. Yeah, men. Maybe I had a dodgy pirated version. <laughs> it's just, they eventually just turned into just... Surely that's like... Uh, of men. Surely... That's like a later invention of Digimon, though. Because, I mean, like, at the point where I was into Digimon, I don't remember anything like that. And, like, I liked watch. I watched the anime. Uh, I had Digimon World, and I had the little Tamagotchi-type um, Digivices. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I was I was well into that. We, we, my mate proved this to me, because I said that in season one, all the Digimon turned into men as well. <laughs> and he was like, they didn't. No. And I was like, no, they did. I was like, I only watched like five episodes and then they turned into men. And he was like, they there didn't. Was some... And I had to go back and watch a recap. And then I was like, oh, they didn't. I rem- And I started to remember a lot of the episodes of like the sort of bug one with the the horn on its front, the red one. When when it's 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 with its family and stuff like that, I don't know. It, there was it's definitely the there was definitely some more like anthropomorphic, um, like humanoid Digimon, because mm. um, I think the the final boss of Digimon World, I didn't he like he lived in like the mountain overlooking the the, the world, and it was uh, I can't remember what he was called, but he he was definitely he was definitely a, a man. It was like Dev Dev Devilmon or something like that, because they all had Mon at the end of the name, didn't they? Yeah, for uh, no apparent reason. Manmon. Manmon. <laughs> all Digimon eventually turn into Manmon. <laughs> Steve Steve Mon. <laughs> um, so yeah, Digimon World. I remember that was that was a good game. Well, by all accounts, it actually wasn't a good game because I had a little, uh, I had a little Google of it, and it, it got it got uh, ribbed, not ribbed. It got it got 
got shellacked in reviews. Um, I played I played it back when I had a PlayStation Two, I think, or a PlayStation Three, and I, I realized eventually it did age. Yeah, I used to, used to just think it was like a really good Pokemon. I actually pre- think I preferred Digimon uh, early on. I think I, I think I did but, in the sense that it was like a PlayStation game, whereas Pokemon yeah. had always just been Game Boy games. So in my mind, like because it was only handheld, like it yeah. was like less of a game than like a yeah, that term term based. Pokemon following you on a PlayStation yeah. controller. You had your little 15 inch box TV. It was like, oh, yeah. this is class. Yeah. I remember that bit. Yeah. Now you mention it. But it's I think good. it was quite a bit of a laborious play. I remember the Digimon yeah. had to poo as well. You had to take them to the toilet. <laughs> you had to take them to the toilet and let them uh, do their poos. Because if. They just, just sit on real toilets because yeah. they're men. They'd get. They, there was like a, an actual toilet in the village that you had to take it to. And if like you didn't get there in time, it would poo in the world and then it would get angry at you and it would like negatively affect your, <laughs> your bond level with the, the Digimon. So. Fair. Um, and finally. Um, I think I'm saying this right. This is I'm taking this as well from the, their Instagram handle. Um, Shalu, who runs a cool Instagram page, listeners should check out. Uh, said Ty the Tasmanian Tiger. No memory of that. Don't. I remember playing it, but I definitely don't have any memory no. of it. I get that. Con- I think I get that confused with uh, Jack and Daxter and things like that as well. Like there's all these that like, mm. kind of platformers that just blend yeah. together for me. Jack and Daxter was a banger. They, uh, they've said Crash. As well, Crash Bandicoot, obviously a classic. You see, um, GTA. I definitely want to do like a GTA episode at some point where we talk about all the old ones because I was obsessed. That'd be a good idea, actually. Yeah, get on the sheet. Yeah, no, no. Our Rockstar, our Rockstar lost in Liberty City. <laughs> <laughs> does anybody? Does anybody know? <laughs> Just to explain, right? We have a we have like a, an episode spreadsheet with all our ideas and stuff in, and there's a there's an idea there's an idea in the spreadsheet that says our rock star lost in Liberty City. Neither of us know what that means, and neither of us appear willing to admit that they wrote that in the spreadsheet. Like we don't we don't know where that came from. <laughs> So if anybody knows what that means, uh, write in and let us know. One of us was just like really drunk one night and we're just like, yeah, I've got a really good idea. Yeah. Uh, rock star lost in Liberty City or something like that. Mate, mate, I need to know. Our rock star <laughs> lost in Liberty City. <laughs> it's, it sounds it's still funny. there as well. That we're, neither of us have deleted no, it. No, it'll stay there forever until we finally work out what it means. Well, um... <laughs> Thanks a lot, for everyone, for getting back to us on our Instagram poll. You've now been immortalized forever in our content. This this will exist forever on the internet, and this is your this you belong in it now. Like this is where you live forever in the internet in our podcast episode. And don't ask for any money because no. there aren't any. Yeah, and thankfully, <laughs> um, we liked all of your responses, so we're not going to block any of you. Actually, we might block Liam. Um, <laughs> just to teach him a lesson for trying to troll our podcast. Um, so I think it's time for this week, Steve. Cue you explaining what that is. That's your job. Well, well, Chris, I'm glad you asked. Oh. This is literally scripted. 
Founded in January 2021 by Souls enthusiastic and grown man Chris Brown, better known by his internet alias Beezus Fafoon. <laughs> Hit feature this week Steve sees the industry legend and his co-host Matthew Wooten, also a grown man, tackle the hottest question on the mind of the general public. What exactly have these adults been playing and watching this week? <laughs> and what are their opinions? Let's get into it, shall we? Very good. Very good. <laughs> I like how you capped it off by headbutting your pop shield. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I told, nice. I told you one day, one day I'd smash it. There you go. Prove me wrong. You proved me wrong. Fr- four months later. So what, what have you been Steven this week? <laughs> I've uh, been Steven. Love and Monsters. That's what I watched at the weekend. And I have no idea why. Because it was pretty shit. <laughs> I have no idea why either. Because I don't know what it is. So Netflix... Uh, film to be fair it wasn't really you know like it's sort of like an equivalent of like that Percy Jackson film mm. or like it's like that kind of tier where it's like teenage action but you know it's not really substantial yeah. but you don't that's not where you watch it um there's, there's a love interest but it's it's pretty good like it's like a it's like a story about a world where monsters have overrun because there was a meteor coming and bombs blow the, the humanity fires nukes out the meteor blows it up but then all the radiation comes back down so all of like the the like a cockroach and things like all evolve and quite fallouty so they, they end up like the armies and the monsters fight each other and end up wiping out like 98 percent of humanity so the rest of humanity has to hide in like bunkers and then this lad like goes to see his girlfriend who he's like a proper simp for. Like he is he's pathetic. <laughs> and the film that is that is the film. It's like him simping over this girl and it's like, is she worth it? Um because she's it does she really care that he's on his way? Yeah. Just the question. Um but he might he meets like a nice dog on the way and it's got this like I am legend vibe and meets a nice dog. dog. <laughs> yeah, and that somehow hasn't been um like turned into some sort of giant human. It sounds very. It sounds like a lot of disparate elements. It's it's not a great film. It was it was it was a fun watch. Mm. Like I watched it, and I was I sort of at first I was like, what "Fuck, am I putting this on for?" Um, but then, like by the end, I was sort of like, "It's all right." Um, yeah, sometimes you just want like a breezy, brainless watch, which uh, yeah, it's very much what my Steve of this week was for me. Wasn't good by any conventional metric, but I enjoyed it. What was that? Chimon. It was uh it was Mortal Kombat. All right. The 2020. I didn't even realize that was out. Well, it's not. But some of us have You didn't pay 70, you didn't pay 17 quid again. Some did you? some of us have our ways and means. Wink wink. <laughs> wink. And I won't say anything, won't be saying anything incriminating on on air. But uh <clears throat> Yeah, it was it was fine. It was fine. It was I like I've seen a lot of people online kind of going, "Oh, like it's shit. Like the original Mortal Kombat movie from 1995 is way better." These people need a reality check. They <laughs> they clearly have not watched 1995's Mortal Kombat recently because there is no way in hell that the new one is worse than that. Like <laughs> It's not a good, like the new one is not a good, it's not a good film really. It's got loads of terrible acting in it, like cheesy dialogue. It's very weirdly paced. And the big uh, criticism that I have uh, coming away from it 
is that spoilers, spoilers, three, two, one. There's no actual Mortal Kombat tournament in it. Right. It's bizarre. It's the the whole plot seems contrived in a way to make there not be a Mortal Kombat tournament, which is kind of like fundamentally the one thing your Mortal Kombat film should have. Yeah. yeah. I don't know whether it's like sequel bait or what, and there's going to be a proper tournament in the next one. But I mean, like as far as things go, like it was fun. The special effects were cool. Um, the Australian bloke who plays Kano was really good. And, uh, it had some really, really violent fatalities in it that I enjoyed and I'll probably never watch it again, but it's fine. Fine. We've both watched some, some naff stuff then. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, if you want like a, just sort of like a brainless sort of half hour, stick it on in the background and occasionally look look up from your phone to see people having being split in half down the middle by a giant um hat then yeah yeah give, give it a watch sometimes you need that kind of film especially yeah. when you're watching it with other people and you realize that neither of you are really going to watch it or one person isn't going to watch it they're not really in the mood to sit and proper stare at a film and take it in for two hours sometimes just a film like that where people can just switch in and out of phones and go downstairs and get a drink and you're like do, do you want me to pause it and they're like nah it's all right <laughs> i'm not gonna miss yeah. anything <laughs> do you know what I mean? yeah i think i almost think the film's better if you don't pay too much attention to the plot just mm. just don't think about it too much and enjoy the people fighting mm. um yeah that that's it i uh i've been playing disco elysium but i ain't gonna say too much because it's hard it's a hard game to explain without selling it badly or needing to say anything particular because I, I know you'll play this eventually and you re you'll really enjoy it and i went into this game pretty blind and i was so much better off for it it's just surprisingly amazing um even though it's been even though it's reviewed so well i've heard nothing but good things it's like it, the the humor of it is is it's the, the the only game i've ever like consistently just laughed at almost every like interaction with a character it's mm. like it it's so funny, but it's funny because you can just do like almost anything. Like it's option based, but you feel like it's infinite. Like I feel like every time I play it, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to do that again because I know that it's going to be a bit different next time. Yeah. Writing so deep in the sense that, you know, it's like on a day cycle. And if you talk to someone, they'll reference things like it's getting dark outside or it's raining, but they won't just go like in between saying something. They won't say, oh, it's raining just to, for the sake of it, it'll be in in the middle of like a really well-voiced, funny point that you've taken 40 steps beforehand to get to that one particular yeah. observation that they've made. It's just really, really well put together. Um, and it's just like, it's it's mysterious. It's really, I, I still don't know where it's going. I have no idea who's done the thing that I need to find out what they've done. But I just walk around just chatting to people and having a laugh. It's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing it. I've never heard anything but good things about it. So, and I think I saw a leak on Twitter that uh, this could be fake by the time this goes out, we'll know anyway, but, um, that it's the free game for the PlayStation network, um, for me. So fingers crossed. I'll be raging. Um, I've just paid 35 for it. <laughs> um, I'm playing Resident Evil 7, um, and I, I'm loving it. It's just great. It's a great game. I've never, I'd never finished it before. I'd started it, <clears throat> started it, and got like a couple of hours in. Um, 
But I think the point I played it, I was a bit burned out in Resident Evil because I'd just played two and three remakes like back to back religiously. Um, mm. And I'm nearly at the end of seven now and it's just incredible. So I'm really excited for eight. Pre-ordered it. Foolishly, possibly. I keep doing yeah, it. I keep I'm... pre-ordering games. To be fair, I've never been burned on a bad pre-order yet. You know, I didn't pre-order anything like Cyberpunk. Um, I did. And oh, no, I didn't. No. My housemate got me in yeah. and I had, to, I had to pretend I was enjoying it yeah. for a few weeks. <laughs> I've never I've never had like a, a bad pre-order yet, so hopefully this won't be it. Um I don't think it I don't think it will be. I think seven I think seven was really, really good. Very um it it's corrected a lot of wrongs at like five and six made where it was yeah. people starting to like punch in boulders and things like mm-hmm. that. And it was getting very action heavy. Yeah. Um it's gone back to survival horror roots and finding keys that match door fucking icons and little puzzles with statues. Like if as long as they stick to that, which it looks like they have, then that's fine. I've been avoiding trailers and stuff for eight, apart from the first ever one I saw, because I really want to just go into it blind yeah. and, and not, not have the, Oh, this is that bit where that person's going to turn up or this. Mm. Um, even though the maps are generally small anyway, and multiple things happen within them. I just want to have that like, just flat, like clean run at it. I don't I haven't even played the demos. I've played Maiden, but that's not actually in the game. <coughs> All right. I le- I later learned it's not it's not in the game. I missed the village demo because um, they've got this stupid convoluted temporary structure. But um, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna play the castle one. Because um, mm. I don't know. I don't mind <laughs> spoiling things for myself. <laughs> um, yeah, Resident Evil will probably, I don't know, maybe do an episode talking about it after it comes out. Yeah, definitely. So we're both getting it when it comes out. Yeah. So pre-order. Could he do it? A Co- couple of pre-order kings. That's what we are. <laughs> we're, we're shills. We're Capcom shills. Uh, right. Well, um, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening as ever. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at buttonshopspod. Please, 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 please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps us out. Follow us on social media. Send us some death threats. Do whatever you want. Um, you can DM us on our social media platforms or you can email us at, at, at buttonchopspodcast at gmail.com. One day I'll get this outro right with no stumbles and no, no, and you'll be really impressed and you'll, yeah, well. You'll be like fucking hell, like I'm already impressed. Everything you do, <laughs> you're, who's this short king? Who's this, sh- who's this <laughs> short king getting the outro gra- perfectly? You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at, at Beezus Fafoon, and occasionally streaming on Twitch whenever I feel like it, which hasn't been much recently. But whatever. I had a I had a viewer the other day. That was me. And I tell you, it, it wasn't you. Are you? Are you? Are you, uh, I don't want to say that. Uh, is it, is it a thing like not saying people's handles on, I don't know. It's just some random I'm guy. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure not. It definitely Maybe. wasn't you, but, uh, it made me, it made me, it, I, at first I was like, holy fuck. Like someone's actually watching me play and like talking to me. And then I just became like deeply anxious <laughs> and the anxiety didn't leave my body for like the rest of the day. <laughs> It was an alien. It, weird. it was a very, I mean, like I was really appreciative and like he followed me at the end when I went off, I had to go make dinner and, um, 
yeah, he was really cool, but I was just like, oh, this is what it's like to be a streamer. Like you just got random people that you don't know on the other end of like a chat bot, like sort of watching you play a game. Yeah. Watching your head whilst you're like he was, navigate. He was, he was very, uh, he was very knowledgeable about Bloodborne. I'll give him that. Yeah. <laughs> he was telling me about arcane and blood tinge builds and stuff. I never fuck with when I play those games. Um, you know? Yeah. Good lad. Good lad. My new mate. He's out there somewhere. I miss him. <laughs> uh, anything you want to plug before we? Finish? No, not really. My socials are just at cleverwoot. Um, yeah, good stuff. Well, um, we'll see you next week. Bye. <coughs> Bye.